This talk is entitled, The Baptism of the Lord. Today being the feast of the baptism of our Lord, I thought it would be appropriate to reflect on the sacrament of baptism itself, as well as our own baptism in light of our vocation to Carmel. When our Lord was baptized by John the Baptist, it was both a sign of divine humility as well as a sanctification of the water used from that point on in the sacrament of Christian baptism, a sacrament each one of us has been blessed to have received. Way back in 1971, there was a hit song on the pop charts called Signs. The song wasn't about baptism, but there's a line in the song that went, sign, sign, everywhere a sign. Now that one line describes the rite of baptism perfectly. In the rite of baptism, there are signs everywhere. The movements in the rite are a sign. The actions are a sign. The words and prayers themselves are a sign. And each one of those signs are there to remind us of the significance of what's happening. Sometimes the significance is obvious. Sometimes it's subtle. But each sign is packed with meaning. So today I thought I would describe the signs of the rite of baptism so that we can reflect on this most precious sacrament given to us by our Lord. And as I do, I would like you to imagine that you're at your own baptism. For each of us receive these same signs and graces at our baptism. When the priest or deacon met your family and friends at the entrance of the church, this was a sign of welcoming a new member into the body of Christ. Everyone then moved into the sanctuary perhaps singing a hymn like Faith of Our Fathers, as a sign that your parents, moved by their faith, brought you to become a member of the church and receive instruction in the faith. A passage from the gospel was read, and then you were anointed with the oil of catechumens as a sign of strength so that you could later confess the faith you were being entrusted with. Then everyone moved to the baptismal font as a sign of their faith, being moved by the gospel they had just heard proclaimed. At the font, the priest or deacon prayed to the Father and asked him to bless the water of the font. The words of the blessing tell how water throughout all of history has been a sign of salvation and how it prefigured Christian baptism. Baptism itself is a sign, but a very special one. It's a sign that is also a sacrament. That is, a sign instituted by Christ that imparts grace and is efficacious. Efficacious is a big word, but it simply means effective. That is, an efficacious sign brings about, it does what it signifies. A stop sign is a road sign that signifies you should stop. 
An efficacious stop sign, however, not only signifies you should stop, it actually stops you. A fastened seatbelt sign in a car or a plane signifies you should put on your seatbelt. An efficacious fastened seatbelt sign does too, but it also puts your seatbelt on you. It does what it signifies. It's the same with the sacrament of baptism. Baptism is a sign of cleansing, of rebirth, of salvation. But because baptism is a sacrament instituted by Christ, because baptism is an efficacious sign, when you were baptized, by the very act of pouring the water and the priest or deacon saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you were actually, through grace, cleansed from the stain of all sin. You actually became, through grace, a new creation in Christ. And actually, through grace, attained the sure and certain hope of eternal life. How can we not be filled with joy when we witness such an event? After baptism, you were anointed with holy chrism as priest, prophet, and king, signifying the sealing of salvation and prefiguring the gift of the Holy Spirit you would receive in confirmation. Then everyone moved to the altar, a sign of the entire Christian community accompanying and supporting you on your journey to your first communion. In all this, the role of your parents and godparents is easy to see. They were charged with bringing you up in the faith. But the other family members and friends that were present were not just spectators. They also joined your family around the font and the altar because they too are a sign. They signified the entire people of God. Their response of amen to the prayers was a sign that the faith into which you were baptized was not a private possession of your family, but the faith of the whole church. And just as our faith is not our private possession, neither is our vocation to Carmel. Our vocation is not something we have chosen for ourselves, but something we have received something we have been entrusted with. We are signs for the church and for the world. Are we efficacious signs? Think back about all the signs in the rite of baptism. By the way, there were even more than in the rite than those I talked about. What was the one sign that was efficacious, and why was it so? It was the sign that was also a sacrament. It was baptism itself, efficacious because it was infused with the grace of Christ. What did we as children have to do to receive this grace? Did we strive to receive the grace that came to us through baptism? No. We received a gift freely given from the hand of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And whether we were baptized as infants or adults or anything in between, we received that grace 
as a child. So too with our Carmelite vocation. When we receive the grace of our vocation as a child, without striving, being open and disposed to let God move as he wills, we too can become more than just a sign to the world. We can be a sign that becomes who we signify, our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>